Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Pop Black here on Boss Rush Network. I'm your host, the Latin Side of NV. Joining me is the one, the only boss for himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello, good sir. Hello, Edward. How are you? Hi. I <laughs> I am doing fine. What a what a week. I would just say that. And I'm not gonna go any further. But man, we we had some good discussions last week, and I'm so, I'm so excited for the discussions that we had. Uh, mostly everybody for Expansion Pass, uh, for Ranking Nintendo, just just a whole bunch of good discussions that we have definitely had. Uh, and we're going to have some good discussions with the news tonight because uh, one, one particular thing I'm happy that was announced, and we would definitely discuss it because it kind of gives us something that we can look forward to and plan for next year but we'll get into that in family news but Corey how was your weekend uh it was it was all right we uh went to uh well we didn't go anywhere we ordered in for Rosh Hashanah which is the uh Jewish New Year uh for those who have been listening for a while my you know that my wife is Jewish, and so we uh, did that, and uh, my daughter had ballet, and so we just did those things. So, oh, yeah. How was your weekend? I, um, I have started my first rehearsal for um, the program that's happening October for their Jewish holiday, um, which is going to be October 9th is the concert uh we had our first rehearsal saturday and it went very well it, it was so weird because it's just like we had these all these sopranos we had all these altos and then it was me and another person then i didn't recognize it then i realized who it was i'm like wait a minute you look completely different so it's just us like us two tenors <laughs> and my friend he uh who's the director he uh kind of yelled at me he was just like i need you tenors to stay on that note that I'm giving you, I want to do this other note. <laughs> and I was just like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> he, he just, we just started laughing and everything. But, uh, I, I definitely, um, getting a chance to play, finally, like, play, sit down to play some games and stuff. I've been, uh, taking a look at some stuff, some older stuff that I'm going to be getting back into. Definitely with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, I'm definitely going to get back into that. Uh, just had to try some new stuff out, new stuff that I have purchased and everything. Uh, so I'm excited to get back into Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So many people are getting to the end point, and I think I'm powerful enough that I can uh, progress the story along. So hopefully by next week, everybody, I can... Uh, chat up a little bit about finishing Xenoblade Chronicles three, uh, and last but not least, one of my one of my friends on Twitter beat Death's Door, and I was excited for him. And I I I, I don't know about you, uh, Corey, but I think I felt like it was the way when we beat Death's Door, it felt like it's a it was a good time to play that game and beat it. Yeah, I feel like that game has got another resurgence. I think it's because, like, you know, the limited run physical copy is coming out too. Right? Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, it kind of feels like that that game got an uh, a new lease on life. I would say, uh, 
but yeah, man, that game is that game is something else. I love that game. I love it. It yeah, it feels like I and I don't know if you want to do a special pass on this, but don't you sometimes feel like there are games in your backlog that just it has a specific time that needs to be played, and when you just be like, okay, let me just try this, you try it and you get into it and you finish it, you'd be like, man. I know I I missed the excitement when it was released, but I enjoyed myself at this particular time. Yeah, with this game. Yeah, I mean we should we still need to do a uh, a spoiler alert on it. I know we kind of promised it earlier. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. get Stephanie involved on that too because she she's been playing it, and I just that game is really that game is really interesting. You know that that game or yeah that game is like really special and uh it feels like a triple a game trapped in an indie game if that makes sense yeah, yes yes like it's just so the combat is so fluid and the game is so well put together and the story has great writing and the characters are cool and the boss battles are they feel larger than than they should, right? Like it's just, yes. It just feels like a triple A game trapped in an indie game, and it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. I think, I think, and that's, I kind of feel like when an indie game is well polished, that's what gives it that triple A vibe off of it and stuff. That you know, I, it's it's amazing because as much as I talk about Gree. And and people know that we did it for Talk the Walk. I love Gree, and it drew me in from the animation, the music, the emotions that I was feeling. And it really felt like a triple A game. Just like, man, how can an indie developer make something so polished, so clean, and so enjoyable that it's beating out all these other big Forty million, hundred million dollar games. Like even if we look at Hades, like Hades, I feel like it was a well deserved uh, game of the year because of how polished that game was. And it's kind of a, it's kind of addictive for a lot of players and everything. And it was good to see that that game, you know, that was on a Nintendo plat that came to a Nintendo platform get game of the year to make people be like, okay, I can't wait to play this on PlayStation and I can't wait to play this on Xbox, which I still feel like the Xbox green with the Hades cover is still beautiful. I love that color combination. It's still so good. Uh, But yeah, I think it's when indie games have a a well, good enough polish that it makes it feel like a triple A game. It makes, it makes, I think it feel like I feel like it makes a gaming library just just more valuable in the sense of entertainment and getting something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh There's some indie games out there, man, that just change the way you think about what an indie game should be. And now we're getting into that space where like are indie games kind of taking over that single A or double A experience where mm-hmm. that we're missing. And then like these new kind of smaller indie games are taking up the original indie game space, right? Like, I don't know, man, some of these indie games have a lot of triple A quality to them in a lot of places. And I, go ahead. I, I, I've, no, I feel like Shovel Knight was the starting point. 
the Shovel Knight was the starting point of this new uh, breath of fresh air for indies, for people to be into them. Because just like, I know XBLA was the big thing, even we were in uh, PSN, uh, when they had those kind of games and everything. But it just feel like it got to a point that when it hit uh, Wii U and Shovel Knight came out, it just it feels like it just changed the look of indie games and everything. Uh, and when it started becoming, I feel like it's got this uh, resurgence of it becoming popular was because it started with Shovel Knight. Yeah, I mean Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight did a lot, you know. I mean, it. I I would put like there's there's specific games I would group together that really like boosted the way that indie games are thought of right like you have mm-hmm. that first wave of indie games like braid and fez uh, and yes e- even something like uh geometry wars yeah. i'll give it to that for xbla yeah i mean that's not i mean technically not an indie game but it, it feels like an indie game right but like what was the uh what was that game that chair entertainment made the uh the Metroidvania E game that was made by Epic. Uh, oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, God, what is that? Yes, I want almost said Alpha Protocol, but that's not right because that's the because uh, that was the game that had that controversy because the author was, um, I think a racist or something like that, something or sexist or something like that. The author was something because he wrote that book that the game was based off of. Yeah, and oh, everything. Oh my gosh, what is this? What is this? game called uh it's gonna bother me until i until i know what it's called sorry everybody it's just bothering but okay so that game and then like you moved into games like obviously like flow shadow complex shadow complex thank you uh i also almost said shadow warrior but i knew that wasn't right either uh shadow complex which was like this really cool uh Mili- like spy military metroidvania e type game and mm-hmm. uh that was really cool and then you moved into like a second stage after like i would say after journey even though technically not really an indie game but it had mm-hmm. that indie feel right uh yes. you moved into games like axiom verge and shovel knight and hyper light drifter and uh, and plus plus and games like that were like in super meat boy stuff like that. And it just like changed the way a lot of people thought of indie games. And then you moved into a direction where these two ga- these, these studios who started out on 2d indie games, pixelated stuff like moved into the 3d space. Right. <laughs> yes. And that's where you got really interesting titles and, now like you look at something like no man's sky technically an indie game but look at that game and uh i think i think the term indie needs to be redefined now you know well i think because like technically destiny is an independent game is an indie game right Mm -hmm. because bungie is independent well not anymore but they were uh and so like (laughs) you can't put that in the same category as something like Super Perils of Baking or Shovel Knight Dig or <laughs> Axiom Verge, right? Like, but I, 
I, I think it was. I think when we think of Andy, we think of definitely budget. Like who has a bigger budget and games out versus uh, are just you know from around the world and everything? Because like if we if we think of how maybe we probably talked this in the expression past uh, how Flash games was the indie stuff. So like Cave Story. Um, Oregon Trail for some people, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, Eddie and Hominid, like some of that stuff, like early in the early 90s and stuff, they were or early in probably the 2000s. They those flash games were the indie games until all of that transition. But Eddie and Hominid came out on the GameCube, Cave Story came out on WiiWare. Mm-hmm. Like these games that was back in the back in the day. With 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 some of them that that felt indie and everything, or second part or double A, they were getting printed. They were getting disc versions on these like on PlayStation Two, Xbox, and GameCube, and there were still some that was still on the computer. And I think when XBLA came and PSN came and we and more we were came, then yeah, indie started changing and stuff because like you. Mega Man 10 and Mega Man 9. That's Capcom. And people mm-hmm. who never grew up with that game, they'd be like, oh, is this an independent game from Capcom? Who don't know that Capcom is a AAA developer. But then Capcom was also doing uh, Strider as a Metroidvania. The remake of Bionic Commando. Uh, the 2D one. Not that 3D one that was and stuff. And it was just like, okay, even these developers are getting into it. Like, we talk about Good Job from Nintendo. Like, Nintendo published an indie game. And it's just like, who, like, yeah, how did you define indie with that? You know, Insomniac used to be an indie developer. Uh, Bungie used to be an indie developer. You know, I think the independent status, like you said, has changed. But I think now, when we think of indie, for me personally, it's just like we got so many creators worldwide who are still working from home and everything and making these games to get it out and stuff to get, you know, and I, we don't know what their budget is. Uh, but they're still making, they're almost making games on a competitive level of a AAA, of a Nintendo game, of a Bungie game, or Microsoft or Sony or even EA. You know, like they're on that level of making games like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, we could probably talk about that or have somebody on an expansion pass that probably knows or wants to talk away more about indie games. Yeah. I mean, I'm not exactly the indie person, uh, but, you know, I know there's a lot of people on the team that like indie games. So, I mean, maybe we can yeah. pull a couple people together to talk about that for an expansion pass or something because... And indie games are fascinating, and I ch- like. I'm not the biggest indie game guy, right? Like, I play maybe one or two a year that really catch my eye, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to talk about one later today, tonight that like I've played a little bit, and so we'll talk about that later. But like, I don't know. I I champion them, and I all I always want them to be good and have success and all that stuff so yes well Corey, we got some patreon shout outs to do so let's shout out our patreon producers oh yeah 
Patreon. Uh, let me pull them up. I was not thinking about it, so <laughs> we were into the conversation. See, everybody, this is these are the conversations me and Corey have. Uh, and when we get into it, we have great conversations, great thoughts, and uh, sometimes, sometimes I always feel like, man, we should record this conversation. Other times, we can't record the conversations for different reasons. Uh, but yeah, these are the conversations that we have uh, that I truly enjoy. Uh, so are you ready, Corey, for the shoutouts? Yeah, sorry, I had a message from Patreon and uh, nothing bad. I just, it was, uh, they're changing changing the way they're billing people if you uh so i just that's important for us but not for the listeners so anyways uh yeah so if you want to support nintendo power block you can head on over to patreon patreon.com slash boss rush network where you can get early access to five shows currently and uh we offer two tiers the one dollar tier where you get early access to those shows, but we also offer a $5 tier where you can become a Patreon producer. What does that mean? It means you get early access plus a Patreon producer credit that we will shout out during this segment of this show and others. Sorry, I'm trying to catch up here. All right, so without further ado, our Patreon producers for this episode of Nintendo Power Block are Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, my wife, Sana Dirig. Francisco Santilan, Rebecca Jewell, and Prince Unsmooth Toes. I want to thank all of our Patreon producers. I want to thank all of our patrons. And I want to thank all of our free listeners. Remember, all of our content remains free. We just give you some perks if you support us. Uh, expansion passes for you Power Block listeners is one of those early access shows as well as standard definition which is our retro nostalgia podcast we have ranking nintendo which you will also hear on the nintendo power block feed sometime after anyways ed nope wait yes. wait if you listen on apple Podcasts or spotify please leave us a five-star rating or review it really helps us out thank you okay ed back to you uh, Corey, do we have any housekeeping for today? No, none. Zero. Zero. Okay. Subscribe. Hey, everybody. Share, rate, <laughs> review, high fives all around. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm well, not. I'm not feeling great today. Uh, it's fine. Well, everybody, it's time for snack Tendo. And Corey, I'm going to start off this next, you know, because I've been eating a lot of chilies <laughs> lately. Um, and I Friday, I order a cheeseburger and uh, uh, some mashed potatoes um, with bacon in it. And I ordered a baked potato soup, but they didn't deliver my soup. I'm like, what, what the heck is this? You know, but they didn't charge me for it. So I was fine with that. But man, I... I don't know what's happened, but they strawberry lemonade at Chili's is popping. It's hot. I'm like, oh, this is this is so good. My throat must have been like dry or thirsty or something. <laughs> I sucked that mug up. Uh, and uh, my other associate, I asked her, like, did you have dinner already or anything? She said no. I was just like, you want Chili's with me? She's like, oh yeah, that thing's that's that's fine. So uh, we got the uh, uh, three for me 
deal. So hmm. we pretty much got the same thing and everything. Uh, and it was just so good just eating that burger. Um, but then Sunday, I had a chicken sandwich for them with some secret sauce on it. Uh, it was good. Uh, and I had the mashed potatoes. But then I had like a, a house salad, which was good. And they gave, I don't know what happened. But okay, so everybody's not gonna agree with me with this. They're gonna they're gonna disagree with, agree with me, or they're gonna yell out their TV or whatever. Love me still. I love blue cheese salad dressing, and they didn't give me enough to pour in my uh in my uh in my salad. And I'm like, this salad gonna be dry by the time I get finished with. So, oh, your so sound is messed up, Ed. Oh, how's this? Oh, you're good. There you go. Oh, yes. Sorry, everybody, about that. It's a little technical difficulty. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I uh, I um, oh goodness, <laughs> I was just like, it's not going to fit my salad or anything. And sure enough, it didn't. It got to like half of it. And then I got to the bottom, just like, I don't want the rest of this because it's dry. Like, and then it made me want to be like, you know what? If I get any kind of salad now, I need to just have my own blue cheese dressing. So I think tomorrow after work, I'm going to go get some blue cheese dressing. Gross. Because I go. But it's because of me having blue cheese dressing at Red Lobster. Uh, It's gross. You're the worst. It's so gross. Because you like basic ranch? Yeah. That's literally all I eat on my salad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Every once like, in a while, every once in a while, I'll eat Italian dressing on my salad, but that's only uh, if they don't have ranch. <laughs> but you know what? I, I've been doing a lot of Italian dressing on my subs and everything. Yeah. It's not the same kind uh, of Italian dressing, though. It's just oil and vinegar with some oregano and pepper. Well, that is true. Uh, so, what, well, for me, it's blue cheese, fresh onion, Italian dressing, ranch at the bottom. Uh, it's just those four right there because I don't know what other kind of dressing that is. That's fair. And you just have, you just have ranch. It's <laughs> uh, fine. Uh, ranch is fine least... with me. Ranch is fine, everybody. It is okay to like ranch I... dressing. Can I say I will? No. I will eat. I will eat ranch dressing as a dip when I have them buffalo wings uh, to dip in, and I definitely will have it with carrots. Uh, if I'm just eating carrots by itself and I need the sauce, ranch is the one that I'll eat it with. Um, it's fine. So, uh, <laughs> other than that, I had some Lay's Cool Ranch. Uh, potato chips there was only like 30 cent at at work um and yeah that's the that's what i have for snacks in though and everything mm. um, look at you look at you so with the snacks yes, yes i i will be back getting like honey buns and twizzlers and all of that i, I will be getting back to that i just need to find some new ones first mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and not and not all this pumpkin spice. Hmm. You're not a pumpkin spice girl, there, Ed. No. Hmm. Which reminds me, I have to tell you something after the show. Oh gosh. Like, oh. Okay. Uh well, I guess for me, so like I said last night, we ate dinner, uh, for Rosh Hashanah and. We had we ordered Aladdin's, which is like a Mediterranean place around here, and I got the red curry chicken pita pizza. Ooh, it sounds a lot better than it tasted. Um, Aww, I was excited too because like red curry chicken is like just kind of like spicy chicken, which I was excited for, mm-hmm. and grilled onions and. <laughs> Some banana peppers with some, you know, just on pita and sounds delicious. But it was like smothered in honey Dijon mustard. And like, I like, I like mustard, but like, there was a lot. It was a lot. And so, I don't know. It just didn't really taste all that good. I was kind of disappointed, but it's all right. Was it like too sweet or something? No, it just tasted like the whole thing was made out of mustard. <laughs> Ew. Uh but I mean I I'll get I mean I'll get some I like Aladdin's. It's just I tried to get something different and it wasn't mm-hmm. what I thought it was, so you know. Just uh trading it out next time. So had that and then we had <coughs> uh, sorry. We had this bread that was like infused with chocolate and like it was really good i don't remember what it was called but it was delicious and uh yeah it was really good i wish i knew what it was called i forget i could probably ask my wife but yeah i heard of it and i cannot think of it It starts with a b that's all i know yeah so, well, I, would, I would ask her. She's in the other room, but I'm not going to yell because my kids are asleep. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on, I'm going to try to look it up. Chocolate uh, bread. Oh, starts also with a has some. Also has some Ben and Jerry's, some Sherry Garcia, and some milk and it's it's called milk and cookies. Uh, from Ben and Jerry's, I had that. I got that one from Target and everything. Babka, that's what the bread is called. Ah, she texted me. Thanks, wife. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, dude, this weather is like killing me. My eyes are puffy. My nose uh-huh. is stuffy. My stuffy. throat is gross, itchy. Like this weather around here, it's like, it's like starting to get to that point where it's like under sixty degrees consistently Uh and like it's raining and just gross gross fall weather not nice fall weather and like my Uh whole above my shoulders area is just gross so i'm sorry if i'm like breathing weird or coughing or sneezing tonight Corey. yeah i'm on the same level i was sneezing like crazy at work today um, it felt like something was tickling my nose all day, 
long and I, would I just kept sneezing their thing. And I'm like, I'm, I know I'm not allergic to anything. What in the heck is I'm, I, am I sneezing for? Yeah. Like, it, 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 I wasn't coughing or anything. I wasn't doing this yesterday. Uh, I'm just, I was just doing it all today at work. And then, uh, when I got home, I went to sleep and I got up and it's just like, it felt like it was resuming again. And I'm yeah. just like, it has to be the change of the weather it because is. we already do. We already had the rain. Um, it was probably like 65 or 70 in the afternoon. Cause it was like warm weather and everything. Uh, and so I don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't like how I feel, but that's okay. I apologize to everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you made it this far, thanks for sticking around. Yes. Uh, I forgot to get some NyQuil. I'm probably going to uh, be like, look. Yeah. I'll take some NyQuil and I'm out. Because <laughs> I know good and well, if I'm coughing like this, like crazy tomorrow at work. Yeah, when I get off of work, I'm like, look, <laughs> I need this. And I will see y'all Wednesday morning. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Super fun. But we persist by podcasting about Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the podcast, <laughs> we'll fall out dead. <laughs> and come back to life soon. Yeah. Trying. Trying my best, everybody. Yes. Well, everybody, it's time for Play With Power. Corey, what have you been playing with power? Uh, Not much, honestly. I I mean, I've... Nothing, I mean, nothing new, I should say. Mm -hmm. Really. Uh, to the extent that I want to, at least. Uh, I played... So the one new thing I did play was Shovel Knight Dig. And... Man. Man. Do I not like this game? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I love Shovel Knight. I look. I love the art in this game. I love the characters. I love the writing. I love the story and what the story they're trying to tell. But it is a roguelike to the very end, and everybody knows how I feel about those games. And mm -hmm. I was like, Shovel Knight's going to be the one that pulls me through one of these. I don't I'm I'm sorry. I I can't. I cannot play this game. I do not like it. I want to like it. I want to like it very much. I just do not like it. Uh <coughs> the gameplay is very dig duggy <laughs> where like <laughs> you're just digging down and collecting gems and doing some real basic platforming and you have to try to get to like a, a boss and everything. I've pl I played for like an hour trying to get through this thing. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot play this game. It's not fun. Uh, again, it's not that it's a bad game. I'm sure it's a very good game in the style of game that it is. It's just not for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that made me really sad because I really wanted to play a new Shovel Knight game, but this we're, I'm I'm just gonna have to wait for I guess I guess Mina the Hollower is the next one, right? From Yacht Club, right? That's their Kickstarter yes. game. Yes. Uh, so 
there's that. I hope Mina Mina the Hollower ends up being a Shovel Knight game where she where Mina's just like the mouse in the dungeon of the castle of King Knight's castle <laughs> and you find out that set in the Shovel Knight universe. That'd be awesome. Well, I have a feeling that you said that and it's gonna happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh so I played that. I played some more Link's Awakening, but I just entered the seventh dungeon, so Nothing really new there. I've been I I did all the the extra work before the dungeon, right? Like collecting heart pieces and uh leveling up some stuff and uh let's see, oh, doing the secret seashell stuff and doing some of the mini games just to like do that stuff before I go into the dungeon cuz I'm trying to 100% it. So, I did that. And then uh, <laughs> I turned on Breath of the Wild again uh, to run around because, like, I, I've been seeing – because, you know, ever since Tears of the Kingdom was announced, right, like, everybody's talking about Breath of the Wild again. Everybody's talking about Breath of the Wild again. And so mm-hmm. I jumped on it, and I was like, oh, I just – I want to play this game again so bad, but it's so big and so daunting, and there are other games coming out that I want to play. Plus, I need to finish all these other Zelda games that I haven't finished, right? Like, I want to finish Skyward Sword before this game comes out, and, uh, you know, I want to get I want to get through Age of Calamity because I am a glutton for punishment, apparently. Uh, so I ran around and just killed some things and ran around the desert and ran around the snow area and that was kind of it. Uh, let's see. Other than Nintendo stuff, I went back to Assassin's Creed Odyssey because that's kind of <laughs> kind of <laughs> scratches the Breath of the Wild itch and I still have things to do in that game. Mm-hmm. Man, I got to tell you, man. I know a lot of people hate on Assassin's Creed, but I love that series so much, and I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's top ten game for me all time. That game is awesome. I don't, I don't think it's 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 a bad game or a bad series. It's just too huge to try oh, to do everything. I agree. There's, I mean, it's probably literally impossible to do everything in those games unless it's the only game you played for like a year. <laughs> yes, that is true. Completely true. But yes. You know, I am. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get all the achievements. Is what I'm trying to do. Uh, I don't know how. I far need to I look at the list. I don't know. I gotta how, go on my Xbox. Yeah, I don't okay. know how far I am in that, but uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And you know, I mean, I'll play. I'll probably play it for like ten or fifteen hours, and then I'll get bored with it, and then I'll go back three months from now and play ten or fifteen hours of it. <laughs> and that seems to be the cycle of this game. But it sucks because I want to play. I want to play Valhalla, but I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not touching Valhalla until I finish Odyssey. Well, <laughs> you know, here we are. Um, yeah. So that's and then I and then I played some Destiny. Uh, did some raiding this weekend, and you know, that's that. Dude, I gotta. I gotta get back into that space. I got to try to start working on that before the uh, the new version come out, the new game come out. But then uh, 
Callista Protocol comes out also. So I mean, I know everybody's like, well, it's horror season. It's time to get in the spooky games. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, well here's the thing. I, for myself. I wanted to beat, I wanted to beat Link's Awakening. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to do it by the end of the week, because October I want to play Luigi's Mansion. I never finished Luigi's Mansion Three. Same. I only played Same like, here. I only played like two or three hours of it, and I liked it. And then I never went back to it. Uh, Did you wanna? Uh, you wanna? Let me know, cause I'll start it. I'll play it with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's something maybe we should start doing with this show is like at least pick one game to play through together and see what we do or how we have been you know whatever so all right anyways what are you playing at uh so uh outside of nintendo uh lds fire team uh i still started playing that to get my character up a level and i'm really just trying to get the, my weapons that i got a little bit more powerful getting the four stars um i haven't even bought the dlc yet uh so uh, just been playing that. I'm I'm still fighting my next Xbox game, and I'm thinking of getting to Spiritfarer. Even though I also own it on Switch, I wonder. I'm just like, and so I, this is going to be weird, everybody. So I got a, a iconic class for all three systems. I have it for I beat it on PlayStation Four. I got the physical on Switch, and it was on a good sale on Xbox, because they got like 300 plus games on sale, and so I'm like, well, I might as well get Icon of Class, because I think it was like only like $5 or something, 5 or $7. So I got Icon of Class on Xbox. I think I'm going to play it there also, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking of doing Spirit Fairer on Switch, uh, because uh, I, like I said, I'm getting back to Xenoblade, but I've been playing like Splatoon 3, and so I kind of need to mix it up because I kind of want to do more Splatoon 3, have a JRPG going, but also just have something on the other consoles to play uh, for my next game. Um, definitely with Splatoon 3, I did contribute in the Splatfest. I was Team Gear, uh, and yes, we won. We took we, we took the lead, and we won with 25P. Uh, we had Beat Team Fun, because they was leading on the weekend and everything. Uh, I just got the roller. For the paint thing, uh, that's my favorite. That course, was my favorite in Splatoon Two. Was the paint roller? Was the paint roller? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I love it because it set, it serves my needs. I don't care about attacking the other team, when on, unless I need to. I care about getting as much as my my team paint on, and so, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh. Getting into the random battle, uh, we were like half and half almost. So I went to the side and I started paying their whole like left side and everything. Uh, so when it ended, we beat them by like two percent. So we had like forty-seven; they have like forty-five. Uh, and I was just like, "Yes," you know, because because that's my thing. It's just like I know the game is what the game is about, and it's to paint uh, as much of the area that you can while also, you know, fending for yourself against the other players while trying to get theirs taken over. Because uh, I got the award for 
uh, painting the other team's side too. And I was just like, yes, this is what I love about Splatoon. So uh, just just enjoyed that and definitely uh, getting more involved with the uh, single campaign. I just started uh, Salmon Run. Uh, and so I just did only the first part of it, but I'm going to be jumping in. Hopefully they do matchmaking multiplayer and I can start shooting other people, uh, not shooting other people, uh, doing that mode more in our thing. Because it is quite fun. I, I, there's something about the shooting in a Splatoon that feels so good. And I like when the enemies pop and everything. That sound effects is nice and crisp and everything. So I'm going to be playing more of that. But like I said, I'm going to get back into Xenoblade. I think Spirit Fairer, I think I'm going to jump that onto Switch because I did start it there. Uh, but I think I kind of class, I'm going to start uh, on my Xbox. And I know Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is coming out. I I really want that game for the, the multiplayer. I mean, not the multiplayer, for the single player. So I'm going to wait for a bit because I still just got tons of stuff of, of games for my Xbox One days that I need to get done. Uh, and I've been thinking of Outriders too. Like, man, uh, do I hop into that uh, and everything? Uh, and like I said, Dead Space and stuff that I need to get into and stuff. But that's what I've been playing with Power. Uh, last but not least, everybody kind of just want to show you some things uh, for show and tell. Uh, this is my Pikmin shirt that I did get to order and everything. And on the back, they don't show you this, but it does say Pikmin also. Uh, so, and it feels pretty good. I love the quality of the t-shirt. I haven't worn it yet or anything. Uh, because I don't know where I'm going to wear it at just yet. Maybe when I go on vacation. Uh, last but not least, I finally got the game. Uh, if you can't see it, I'm sorry, everybody. Just trying to hold it. It's uh, We Are OFK. Uh, this is the physical copy of the game from I8-Bit. Uh, they also included a paper craft uh, cat. That's part of it. And then uh, this Escapade Academy. Uh, thing. So uh, that is what I got in the mail for my show and tell and everything. I'm still waiting on my Stray for PS4 uh, to come in. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much everything that I have uh, and I've been playing. Nice. So <clears throat> I uh, I got I got the physical version of Shovel Knight, the first uh, well the entire treasure trove, I guess, would be the yeah. correct uh, thing. Which, by the way, if you haven't played Shovel Knight yes. or any of its... So, uh, everybody, it's time for... Whoa! Baby news! Whoa! Whoa! Oh! Whoa! What? Sorry. Whoa! I was talking. I'm sorry. Whoa! <laughs> Anyways. What I was saying... Was if you haven't played Shovel Knight or any of its expansions, you should play Shovel Knight and its expansions. Specifically, Spectre Knight and Spectres of Torment Mm -hmm. is the best platformer, the best 2D platformer, I think, of maybe last generation. So, just, just throwing that out there. Snack on that. Snack, snack, snack. Okay, and you can right. continue now after you so rudely interrupted me. 
It's time for Fairy News! Corey, take it away. Yes! Okay. I will take it away. All right, Ed. It's time for those Switch Pro rumors again. Uh, Nintendo Switch Pro rumor looks legit thanks to an NVIDIA email. Nintendo Switch... Hold on. Uh, this this is from Tech Radar. Nintendo Switch Pro proves to have been reignited as NVIDIA employees seems to have confirmed the existence of the chip allegedly powering the device. No official announcement of the Nintendo Switch Pro has officially been made as of yet, but an NVIDIA leak posted to the r slash gaming leaks and rumors subreddit seems to all but confirm the Tegra239SOC system on a chip is real. By way of an email from an NVIDIA employee, the Tegra 239 has been rumored to exist since last year. Twitter tech leaker uh, K-O-P-I-T-E-7-K-I-M-I, not even going to try to pronounce that, uh, originally brought the chip to light in June 2021 when they suggested the next generation Nintendo Switch would be powered by a quote, customized Tegra 234. Uh, This also lines up with the information found in the NVIDIA leak as March this year, which made reference to NVN2, likely the successor to the Switch's NVN graphics API, as well as specific mention of T239 chip. Uh, (coughs) Let's see here. Uh, there's no doubt that Nintendo Switch Tiger X1 chip is an aging piece of hardware and certainly isn't the best fit for large-scale games like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 or Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Commenters in the Reddit thread are largely in agreement that the Tegra 239 would be similarly powered to the PS4, but probably isn't the generational leap you were hoping for, but I imagine it's more palatable for third-party developers and publishers who might find it easier to port their games to the Switch Pro without relying on cloud-based versions. Uh, later on, it goes on to say for my money, it points to the switch pro being a mid gen upgrade rather than a new console outright, not unlike the PS4 pro or Xbox one X. I think this would be a right move for Nintendo and lines up with comments made by president, president Shantaro Furukawa earlier this year that the switch is in the middle of its life cycle. A potential Switch Pro may still struggle to output 4K resolutions then, but the rumor suggests that it'll come with some tricks up its sleeve to make up for that. The NVN2 leak from earlier this year makes reference to NVIDIA's DLSS upscaling tech, which leverages AI to boost resolutions and frame rates without impacting overall performance. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about Nintendo Switch Pro's existence now. And let's face it, Nintendo's going to need more powerful hardware for its big heavy hitters like Zelda and Metroid Prime 4. And hey, we might even see a Switch Pro launch alongside Tears of the Kingdom as Twilight Princess did with the Wii and Breath of the Wild did for Switch. Ed, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Just keep in mind that everything from that NVIDIA leak from March has come true. Literally every single game leaked there. Mm-hmm. has been announced. What are your thoughts? Uh I, I I feel like we are getting a Switch Pro. I still don't think we're I, I still think don't think that is that is going to be anytime soon or anything. Um I I, I have a feeling that with Nintendo 
because of the way that they do their art styles, I think if they do an upgrade chip, it's yeah, it may not be much because they don't put out games that's really gonna need power to do. They're not putting the Last of Us, they're not putting the Last Guardian, or they're not putting a for uh, Forza Horizon uh five or seven. Like I think I think we'll get one, but I'm like it's not gonna be such a big increase or anything. Um if it does happen because of you know the stuff that's coming out for the game stuff, uh, it, it'll be a wait and see approach to it because who knows what Nintendo's going to do? Like that could be that allegedly could be true by the, by the rumor, uh, but Nintendo could always switch their whole plan. It'd be like, yeah, we were thinking about that, but we're going to go a different way. Look how they did the Sony PlayStation. Uh, when they, they did had the Super Nintendo, like the PlayStation was ready to go for its add-on, and Nintendo straight switched it and went to the CDI with Panasonic. So who knows what Nintendo could be doing at this time? Um, but it, but I I feel like we may get an upgrade system. I just don't think we're going to get one anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that. I mean, I think that the Nintendo Switch Pro is the likely next step. I think, you know, Nintendo Switch is one of the best-selling consoles of all time and is still mm-hmm. selling. Like, there's really no signs of slowing down, right? Like, I think that it's been outsold by another console, what, twice in the last two years, right? And yes. so... Uh, and one was last year. It was outsold in September because the the OLED was coming out in October, coming and everybody out. was waiting for that. So, right, uh, you know, I think the Switch is a monster, and I think they want to keep this train going as long as they can. And I think they want people to double and triple dip, obviously, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what better way to do that than offering something that's a little bit more powerful, can run Nintendo games better offer third parties a more powerful piece of hardware to port games to and uh you know in the DLSS uh upresing especially on these nice OLED TVs right like you go yes. you go play an Xbox game and you can run it at 4K at 120 frames a second and then you go back down to Switch which is like somewhere between 900 and 1080p and 30 frames a second or you know for a lot of these bigger games you know i mean mm-hmm. granted you can get mario odyssey or mario kart or yoshi's crafted world or something like that to run at 60 frames no problem in 1080 right they that they, they've yes. nailed those smaller games you know but like these bigger games like xenoblade would look awesome in 4k at 60 frames and so would zelda yeah and so implementing that tech into a switch pro would definitely because like out of all the companies Nintendo is the company that is doesn't need the graphical powerhouse of an Xbox or a PlayStation, right? No. <laughs> now granted, would it be cool? Yeah. Would we want a Zelda that looks like Horizon? I would, but like Nintendo's already set the expectation that we probably aren't going to get that anytime soon, right? And so with what they have and what they're producing and what they're putting out and their choice of art style 
and their ability to optimize for a con- uh, for their own hardware, right? Like Nintendo's right. Nintendo's the master at doing that. So giving them just a little bit more power to make the games run as intended or better would be awesome. And so my I mean my thought is that the Switch Pro is probably coming next fall. I mean, I don't <laughs> like I as much as I would like it to launch alongside Breath of the, or <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Gosh, I keep calling it Breath of the Wild too. By the uh-huh. way, Nintendo Life had an article <laughs> go up the other day. It says, "Sorry, Nintendo people can't stop calling Tears of the Kingdom Breath of the Wild too." <laughs> <laughs> it's just what we've been calling it that for so long. Yeah, you know that it just like it's hard to make the switch. You know, N- no pun intended. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my thought was like. I bet I I think it will probably come out next fall. I mean, that just seems to be the cadence the Switch is on, right? You had the launch Switch, obviously, in March, but then, like, 2019 fall, you had the upgraded version 1 Switch with the better battery and, you know, mm-hmm. a couple hardware changes and the Switch Lite, right? So there's your iteration. 2021, you have the OLED Switch, right, with a couple changes, no real noticeable changes to the to the uh visually but like you know parts components some of them have changed a little bit 2023 switch pro i think you know because i still think the switch pro was intended for the for the oled and they just they they didn't have enough units to meet demand they didn't have enough parts to put these things into full production because they they probably want to have like a million to a million and a half units at launch, right? Just to get them yes. out into the stores. Uh, so that's my guess. Switch Pro. I'm guessing next fall, and I would love it. Uh, Give me Joy Cons we'll, with a D pad. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Or we'll see. Or better happens. yet. Give me a switch that uh, the Joy Cons don't detach. <laughs> I know that's never going to happen because the Joy Cons are too big of a product, and they're going to make special edition ones for Zelda and Metroid and Mario and Donkey Kong and Fire Emblem and, will be, and whatever other and games will they come be like. <laughs> we'll be like, I need that one. Here's my money. I need that yeah. one. Here's my money. But the the problem is, is like they sell these special edition Joy Cons, but they sell them with the special edition console. You know, like yes. the Splatoon ones, they're cool, but you can only get them with the Splatoon OLED or like the Animal mm. Crossing ones, right? That like, is, it just that is true. Like, they made the detachable controllers that would be so simple to just sell separately, and they're like, "Nah, we're not going to do that." You know. <sighs> Anyways, Ed, we're yes. gonna next story here. This is probably the story we should have led with, but I wanted to talk about the Switch Pro because, well, reasons. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, E3 is returning, as we all know, but they announced dates. This comes from Game Informer. E3 2023 dates announced. We'll have separate industry and public days. Thank you. This is what we've been saying. All along, mm-hmm. they if they want it to be a public event, they need to have separate industry days and they ha- need to have public days. They made the right decision. Uh, 
let's see here. I'm I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but <coughs> um, let's see. Let me find that. E3 2023 takes place at the Los Angeles Convention Center from Tuesday, June 13th through Friday, June 16th. This is a week-long event. Uh, digital presentations, such as as annual press conferences held by first- and third-party publishers, take place a couple days before, beginning June 11th. So June 11th through June 16th, we're getting a whole week instead of just three days, which is great. Which tells me... Uh, so, okay. So the ESA also stated that the show will feature separate admission days for the industry professionals and general public E3 business days designated for developers, publishers, and press and media take place June 13th through the 15th media registration opens in December, June 15th and 16th will host E3 gamer days where fans will be admitted to the show floor. There's no date for public registration at this time. Since E3 first opened its doors to the fans in 2017, professionals and the public have largely intermingled uh, for the entirety of the show, which has caused issues in terms of crowd traffic. Uh, okay, so this is a good thing. I think I think they're finally getting it right. I Also, I know they hired the company. I forget what the company is called, but they hired the company. Oh, that re- does... Repop. Yeah, they hired them to do this, uh, the same company that puts on packs every year. And so... Yeah. Uh, so it says, uh, what, what did question, uh, Corey? Um, the once annual event is now being run by Pop, which is behind other popular events such as PAX East and West, New York Comic Con, and Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Pop previously promised that the next show will be a return to form. The 2023 show is returning to the Los Angeles Convention Center, and fans and industry members will have a little more space to breathe as the event will be split into separate, like you said, business and gamer days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think I think this is a good idea. Oh, it's right there. It's literally in the next paragraph. Uh, I think this is a good thing to have separate industry days uh-huh. versus public days. I know a lot of uh, media. I mean, I don't know if it's right or not, but they were getting frustrated because they couldn't get to appointments because it was so busy because the public was there. And the public was frustrated because media kept cutting them to get to their whatever. And so I think by separating them, I think you you cut a lot of distractions. You cut, you cut a lot of the drama and a lot of the, the negativity that surrounds the work portion of, of this event. Um, mm-hmm. You know, plus obviously the uh, – the 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 press conferences will take place you know two days before which it it's just i think this is just good overall uh e3 seems to be taking the right step forward even if it's a little too late but it's still a step in the right direction well my my question for this is that cuz i think a lot of gamers are going to be feel robbed that they don't really get to spend because the thing about it is they don't get to spend enough time uh, playing these games. Like I, I only got two days, but they got three days plus or something. So I feel like they're going to get the more experience of E3 and I won't because if I want to play the Nintendo games and there's a long line, if I want to get, if I would have to skip 
most of all the Nintendo stuff to hop into Microsoft and Sony if they there or any third party or indie stuff. Like Yeah, but that's how these conventions there. that's how these conventions are, right? Even PAX. When I yeah. went to PAX, like I stood in line for Nintendo for like an hour and a half, right? Because that was that's just how these conventions are. You ha- you can't there's no way to do everything at these conventions, right? Yes. You have to really plan it out and pick I would say, unless you're like a huge fan of indies, right? Mm-hmm. Which those booths, like, they're not, those booths aren't really that crowded a lot of the time. Like, you could probably yes. hit the whole indie section in one day, right? But, like, if you, like, when I went to PAX, there was three major sections I wanted to hit, right? I wanted to hit the Microsoft booth. Now, granted, I went two days, so I got to do both. But, like, I dedicated one whole day. I'm like, I need to see the Nintendo stuff, right? So I went yes. and stood in line at the Nintendo booth, and it was I, I was one of the first people there, and I still probably stood in line for over an hour, right? But uh, what? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, and that's the thing about it. I think people are going to be doing that, but they're just like they know that if everybody has that same plan of trying to spend that particular day on Nintendo. Uh-huh. Man, a, a lot of stuff is going to get missed because people want to know, Nintendo, what do you have for us? Because right. you got these games playable. Well, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just, you're going to have to make that choice. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I know like a lot of people are going to be angry because they don't get to see everything, but I just think people need to understand that this is, this is the way these conventions work. And Nintendo's booth is always the most popular. Every single event Nintendo attends, mm-hmm. their booth is the most popular, hands down. So yeah. you're going to have to choose, do I want to see Nintendo's stuff or do I want to hit two or three other booths? You know, Because like the second the second day I was there, like I hit the Microsoft booth, I hit the Final Fantasy XIV booth, I hit the Blizzard booth. like I hit like four or five major booths on the second day, whereas the, one, the first day... I was at PAX and it was a weekday. So like it was, it was slower. Anyway, I only got to see the Nintendo stuff and some of the indie stuff. So again, and, and this was PAX and, and we're talking about E3, you know, so you're definitely, if you want to see the Nintendo stuff, this is, if you go for one day, this is probably the only thing you're going to see, you know? So right. I think separate separating the media from from the public, I think is going to cut down on that traffic a little bit and make it a little bit easier for people to see other things. But mm. uh, if you are one of those people going to E3, I, you're going to have to pick like one or two things you want to see because that's probably all you're going to see. Right. And I, and I understand for the business side that they want to be able to talk to everybody and they they want to get the coverage out there. So of course, talking to developers, um, having private meetings, uh, playing their games or watching the videos or whatever, that's gonna take a lot of work for a lot of those publishers. I mean, uh, not publishers, all for a lot of those journalists, um, and business partners, depending on uh, who's doing the coverage and everything. For a lot of like smaller people who are doing coverage and everything, like for them to have those two other days, that's the man, that's going to be a lot of work because, like, how do we cram everything that these business parts, uh, these other journalists and media have? How do we cram it all into that? 
we got you pretty much gonna have to have a big team. He'd <laughs> be like, someone stays in Nintendo, someone covers this, someone's covering that. I know, and we're gonna speak about this because this is part of our doc mode. Uh, we still are going to be watching it, you know. And I was thinking about this. I was just like, man, is Treehouse is gonna be back at E3 doing Treehouse Live? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I could, I could honestly say I am excited for E3 coming back. <sighs> Anyways, E3 but, coming back. Be excited. I'm sure we'll June, cover June it. June 11th is what? Sunday? Uh, June 11th, I, I think, think is a Sunday because the first day of the media day will be the Nintendo Direct, probably. And then the media will see Treehouse, right? That's usually how okay. it goes. So. Yeah. So I think Microsoft is probably Sunday. Microsoft, I mean, Microsoft always goes Sunday night. Always. Never fails. Uh, Sony probably won't be there. Uh, Ubisoft will probably have some sort of presentation, right? Mm -hmm. Square Enix will probably have something. So, yeah, I guess, you know, be excited for E3. It's coming back. Yay. Yes. (laughs) I'm excited. I know. I'm excited to watch press conferences. I don't really I, I think I've just decided that I don't care about the event itself I just care about the press conferences <laughs> I've I've always cared about E3 you know my, you know trying to get prepared for it uh, I mean we, we've done a lot of times. I mean we've done a lot of E3 right I mean we've done a lot of mm-hmm. watch alongs and you know talk overs and whatever else right during yeah our time podcasting i just you know i think the last couple times e3 just hasn't been around i i know it's been a little bit more sporadic in terms of you know jeff Keeley's thing and then gamescom and then random presentations throughout the the summer and I think E3 is just like the beacon where people point to it and say, this is this is where everything needs to happen. And I'm sure Summer Game Fest will happen after E3, right? Like it did that one year. But like, I don't know, man. I'm just excited for games. I'm excited to watch the presentations. I don't care where they're at. I don't care who's talking about them. Mm-hmm. I just... I just... I'm excited for games. I'm excited to talk about more games. I'm excited to see what games are coming. Yes, same here. Speaking of games that are coming, Ed. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> the new Detective Pikachu game is closing in on a release. So, this story is from IGN. My bet, Ed, is that this game will be shown at the Pokemon Presents in November or whatever, like the main Pokemon presents right before Violet and Scarlet come out, whether it's the end of October, early November, uh-huh. this is going to be part of that. And this is going to be the, whatever the January, February, March Pokemon game usually is. Right. Cause we got what Pokemon mystery dungeon one year. We got Ar- Arceus this year. We got uh, Arceus this year. Mystery Dungeon was last year. And then Pokemon Snap two years ago. Yes. So, like, this is going to be that spring Pokemon game. I'm telling you. um, February, March, April, this game is coming out. 
Well, we let me let me read the story. Let me read the story, and then we will. Uh, which I'm actually shocked they never ported that first game to three from 3ds. That's what we're going to talk about. But all right, though, just a small update. It's pretty much all we've heard about since about the game since it was first announced in 2019. The Pokemon Company confirmed at the time that it wouldn't just be a port or re-release of the original 3DS game, but its own fully-fledged sequel. Not to be confused with the hit film, but essentially following the same story, Detective Pikachu is a cinematic adventure game that follows protagonist Tim on a journey to find his father in Rhyme City. That movie, very good, by the way. Uh, players travel around solving crimes, meeting trainers and, and Pokemon from all generations as they go. It's definitely one of the more unique takes in, in the series, featuring a loudmouth talking Pikachu instead of the usual cute and calm version. The Pokemon Company has continued to break expectations of what a Pokemon game can be, though, most recently doing so with the release of Legends Arceus. In our 8 out of 10 review of the 3DS game, IGN said Detective Pikachu gives great insight into the world of Pokemon through its fun mysteries and wonderful coffee-loving lead. Um, so yeah, how do you, how do you feel, Ed, about a Detective Pikachu game on the Switch? I am excited. I love Detective games. I love mystery. Uh, I never got to play the first Detective Pikachu, and I have a feeling Pokemon Company is being sneaky that we're (laughs) going to get that first one ported to Switch. Before the second one comes out. Now, I don't disagree with you that this game is not coming out next year's spring, because this would literally be a great, I, I I feel like a great February game right after Fire Emblem. Uh, My only uh, thing though is that Switch is getting two huge games in February, actually three, I think, and so I wouldn't want to put it there even though it's a pokemon uh-huh. game and will sell more than more copies than either of those games because you need to fill the space you need to fill the march and april gaps before breath before of the wild in may Tis of the wild. before it's the wild Tis new pokemon snap Thank came you. out in april i'm circling april for this i would say march so let's see i'm gonna um because when is Kirby the Kirby game? February. It's Kirby, so, Kirby, Octopath Traveler, and uh, Atelier Riza three are all coming out. Within, I think, on the same day, they're all coming out. Oh, good googly moogly! That's one hundred eighty dollars of craziness. <laughs> okay, so, so if we're thinking about twenty twenty three, by according to you, Corey, we have. Fire Emblem Engage in January. Kirby, and I'm just talking about first party. Kirby in February. We have nothing in March yet. Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu in April. Tears of the Kingdom in in May, if no delay. Mm-hmm. That's four. Wait, what did you say in April? Party. Did you say anything in April? What did you say in April? Pikachu uh, 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 Detective Pikachu two. And what's that? What do you say April. was in March? We have we know nothing in March. We have okay. nothing in March. First part. Yeah. Of so February has Atelier Riza, 
uh, Octopath Traveler 2, Kirby's Return to Dreamland, Theater Rhythm, uh, and those are the those are the switch major Switch games for February. Right, and I'm just going from for first party because mm-hmm. if Nintendo has to do another Nintendo Direct for this year to say you know what we're thinking about winter and more for 2023 and stuff like that, whatever. If they have to give us something for March, which I don't, as much as I I could say the Mario Kart DLC would be good enough, I don't think it would be strong enough to really uh, fill that March void. Like, someone has to give something. There has to be a big title. Unless Microsoft and Sony are going hard in March, then Nintendo caress. Well, now, let's see. March, what? the only thing announced what? in March is the Resident Evil 4 remake right now. Okay. Uh, well, what? according Nintendo? according to Game Informer, I don't know how up-to-date this list is, right? Mm-hmm. But, there, I mean, there's a lot. February is the, is the month to be like, oh, boy. Right. It's, so, it's it's literally packed with us too too much. Yeah. So January, like, this is uh, January is Fire Emblem Dead Space remake and Forspoken. That's January. February mm-hmm. is Dead Island two, which I know some people are excited for. Not sure about that one. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Theater Rhythm, Like a Dragon, uh, Ishin, which is the uh, Yakuza spinoff game. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland, Octopath Traveler 2, and the big one for me is Destiny 2 Lightfall. Uh, and then March is Resident Evil 4. But I feel like there's been more announced for stuff for that that time frame. So we did get some stuff that's 2023. I think we just haven't got the actual knockout date. Right, because you got to remember like Starfield and, and Redfall for... Microsoft are coming in that time space as well. Uh, right. Forza Motorsports which, probably coming in that space. Sony probably is, has another first party game in Q1, right? Like, is Red Fallen Starfield for January, and February, or have they don't have months yet? It's just they said Q1 of 2023. Okay, because I thought Red Fall would be coming out. F- no. I think what Starfield supposed to come out first and then Red I, Fall. I don't know. I, I don't I'll have know. To watch, they... I'll have to watch that whole presentation all over. But, like, I mean, sometime sometime before April, right, you're supposedly going to have, like, Street Fighter VI, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, Alan Wake 2, Suicide Squad, Stalker 2, which got delayed, <laughs> Diablo 4. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the list here of, you know, first half Look. of 2023 video games, right? Like, you have that uh, Black Myth Wukong game, which looks pretty oh, good. Oh, dang it. Uh, Ayudan Chronicles. We just forgot Persona. Yeah, Persona even 4 Persona Golden, for... I'm assuming, will probably come out sometime in there. Right? Yeah, because I think cause Nintendo could literally push that for... Because if Nintendo could push that, even though it's coming out for Xbox also, if they could push Golden 4... Uh, or for Golden for March, dude. Nintendo is this be straight. Though in heck, though in Advance Wars now. <laughs> yeah, Advance Wars to, is the to, big one. To literally ruin everybody. <laughs> I 
I think what we were talking about Twilight Princess in March. I mean, we originally, yeah, we were before before Breath of the Wild two got a like got a release date. Hey, if if they throw out some kind of Zelda game out there, because like I said, Nintendo they're is, not they're not going to put Zelda out two months before Zelda. They're not. They're they're not. Don't even bring it up. Don't even have a conversation. They're not doing. I'm it. just saying. No, nope. I'm just saying Nintendo sneaky. Nintendo's not thinking that, so stop it. <laughs> um, I say, I say, being sneaky. <laughs> no, I, the- no, no. Look, Detective Pikachu and Advance Wars are probably going to fill the March and April spots, right? Yes. That seems. That seems like- really, because then you'll have then you'll have a first party game every month through May, plus a couple mm-hmm. heavy hitters like Octopath and. Uh, Riza and um, Minecraft Dungeons or Legends is probably in there somewhere. Diablo Four, uh, Persona. So like, dude, your your Q one your dude. first half of of twenty twenty three is already huge, and they did, haven't even really announced anything yet. They could do Cat the Toad Treasure Tractor Two. They could do. No, Yoshi's we're talking Park about World things that are announced right now. We're I'm, not just, talking about... I'm just. No. I'm no. Just no. Saying, no. I was just no. I'll just say no. <laughs> that they could they could really feel something. Uh, they could feel March with something that we don't know. And I think because of those being small games before these two other big games, or well, Detective Pikachu two is not too big or anything. They're still gonna charge you sixty dollars good... for it. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. <laughs> it's a Pokemon company, Nintendo. Big enough to charge uh, sixty dollars. No, but I think they could they could charge that price, but it's like it's not a big high level, like well known game or something. But I think people will be interested because they like Pikachu and they kind of want to see what the story goes on with it. Before Tears of the Kingdom drop because everybody's going to be like, oh, Detective Pikachu, let me play it, run through it, finish it. Okay, let me get ready for all my Zelda stuff before this drops and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're going to put out a bunch of shorter games right before then, like first party-wise, like mm-hmm. a bunch of shorter games because they know everybody's going to be playing Zelda all summer. Yes. Uh, although, like, I wouldn't put it past them to put out a game in June and July. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, like, I bet they put some. I bet whatever this next direct is, they will have stuff through. Obviously, May. Zelda's the last major game before E3 now, right? Yes. So Nintendo's going to have a. I bet they announce. They will probably announce some sort of. New, like a smaller game slash remaster slash remake for June right to fill mm-hmm. the june spot and it will come out during or right after e3 because they're going to want to demo it at e3 yes but then after that we know nothing we know nothing after zelda so e3 is going to be nintendo's coming out party for 2023 it's it's literally <laughs> i like how we so, got i i like how we circle back to e3 <laughs> by talking yeah. about detective well, pikachu because... Because, because right now, because literally right now, Corey, Metroid Prime Four is the latest to leave E3. There is, at, at, I'm just talking about at this point, mm-hmm. because we don't know nothing until we see the Game Awards, until right. we see of uh, there's another Nintendo Direct. We know 
nothing. Now I know. If, this, I mean, this is the now, first time. This is this is gonna. I, I mean, until the next direct, which I'm assuming will be either January or February, somewhere in there, like December, December or January. I'm guessing January or February. I I haven't looked up because like there's been a there's been a Nintendo Direct every. January or February since this one just come out. I don't yes. know which month it is, but like they're going to have their lineup, you know, kind of laid out in that direct, right? Mm-hmm. Up through E3, up through E3. And then after Zelda comes out, this is the first time in a long, long, long time where there's like the only, like you said, the only game that we know of after Zelda is Metroid. Yeah. And so I think that with the return of E3, Nintendo will be at E3. There's going to be a huge Nintendo's first huge Nintendo direct, uh, first huge Mm -hmm. E3 Nintendo direct for a long time. It's going to be full of new games, you know, and there's a ton of games rumored too, right? Like that Donkey Kong game was rumored. We did a whole yeah. expansion pass on this at one point, I think. And definitely, it would be the next Mario game. They have no choice but to do that. Not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Hold on to it. Not no, for well, E3. I mean, remember that Mario team is supposedly working on a 3D Donkey Kong platformer. So. I don't know unless unless a secondary team is doing a Super Mario uh <laughs> Super Mario 3D World 2 which would be awesome. Uh but my oh, I'll take that. I mean, I think the next Mario game is going to be based off of Bowser's Fury, right? Like they're doing an, some sort mm-hmm. of open world Mario game and that was their test bed. And so I think I think Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury was the new Mario game, <laughs> the second new Mario game on this platform theoretically. You know, even though Bowser's Fury was only like three to five hours long. Yeah. I mean, I think that was your holdover until the next Mario game, which is probably, I would say, 2024 at the earliest. Because I know they're they're going to be focused on the Mario movie until that comes out. But well, that's that's your Mario release for 2023 is the Mario movie. But everybody's going to be wanting the game like since 2017. There's plenty. Look, there's three. There's three huge Mario games on the Switch already, right? You got Mario Odyssey. You got new New Super Mario Brothers U. I know it's a Mm re-release, and you got Super Mario 3D World, which is the best 3D Mario game. Plus Bowser's Fury. Yes. Yes. You have Mario Kart. You have for me, everybody. There's a lot. There's a lot of Mario on the Switch already, and I know that. I, I know that Mario games sell. And I'm sure we'll get another Mario Sports title next year, which will probably be your June release as a Mario Sports title. It's small enough to release during e- it's it's big enough to where people will like get it and buy it, but small mm-hmm. enough to where you could release it during E3 and like it wouldn't matter, right? Yes. It's that's it's an easy game to to demo at Treehouse. That's I'm calling it Mario Sports game. Bet it's basketball. Sorry, you sluggers fans. It's probably basketball. Actually, I don't really care what it is. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> uh, no, but it's going to be a Mario sports game for June. And uh, 
yeah, I don't know. Man, wouldn't it be cool, though, if it was something like a wave race or pilot wings? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Not arms, too, Ed. Shut up. I see you. I see you thinking arms, too. I see it. In your... <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, man. I think I think Nintendo is in a really good position to blow out the second half of 2023 with yes. a huge direct, huge new announcements. You know, because every I mean everything that's been released this year was was revealed in February, right? At yeah. the February direct, huh? and so you know, I mean, not that there's nothing to be excited about the rest of the year, but we know everything and. We'll know everything at the next direct, probably. Also, which 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 gives us an idea of how strong their lineup is, and, and literally that that's why E three. I feel like for Nintendo, is, we're going to talk. Like I said, that's all dark mode stuff that we're talking mm-hmm. about. I mean, we might as well just talk about it now. We're already here, and there's no more news. Uh, okay. Except for uh, well, except for Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond is being added to FIFA, including the Switch version, which is super tempting to buy because I love Ted Lasso. But I'm not going to. I'm gonna hold on. Anyways, Ed. Yes. Bring us to Everybody- dark mode. It's Doc Motai with news of E3 coming back June 13 to 16. Can you see all three companies come back in their own way? And will Nintendo bring anything new? In fact, will Nintendo still be the one showcase everybody will be in anticipation to see? Are you yes. ready, Elite Rock Agents? Let's go! Sorry, okay. I had to read it because we were already in a discussion. <laughs> Corey, I, I. Sony's not coming back. Sony's not coming back. I really wish they would. I, I, I really wish look. They, I like, do too, but they won't because they're Sony and they, they, I. This is gonna sound bad, but I don't. I don't mean it to be. This is just how it seems to mm-hmm. be shaping up. Sony, it views themselves as a prestigious, high quality. Our games are seventy dollars. They're better than everybody else's. We're going to do our own event. We're going to do our own state of play to show you what we have coming. And it's going to either be the week before or the week after because they want to, they want the media attention all to themselves. You put your, you put your presentation at E3, you're jumbled in with everybody else. Your, the media attention on you is only going to be it for about 90 minutes or until the next company goes. And that's why Nintendo always goes last. And that's why Nintendo has Treehouse the whole second, the whole mm-hmm. next two days. It's because they keep that constant media attention on them. Sony doesn't have anything comparable to Treehouse. So what they'll do, they'll have a 30 to 60 minute state of play. That's what I was that's what I was going I was gonna yeah. say that they just coming together for the presentation that they could just do their state of play and bam that's it they don't yeah, have to say but no it's more not going to be during whatever. e3 it's going to be before i they, i think what the last time e3 was here they did it what a week or two before yes yeah they did it yeah yeah because they, i think it, I, I think it was that may like a may 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it was that last week of May. Because I remember the Pokemon Presents was like a couple days after, I think, mm-hmm. that year. If I'm remembering correctly. And yeah, so I think so. And like Microsoft loves the E3 stage. I mean, like technically they're not E3 because they own the Nokia theater. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I think, I think Microsoft likes to be present because they're still playing catch up. And I think any goodwill that they can do, they will do. Uh, and being at a, at a convention like E3, being on the show mm-hmm. floor, uh, that kind of thing, getting people, getting the Xbox in people's hands. That's what they want to do. That's what they've been trying to do for years. And, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they will have some games to show like Hellblade, like uh, Outer Worlds 2, Avowed. I, I'm sure Starfield or Redfall, whichever one is the latest release Contraband. will be there. Whatever the heck that, Contraband. that is. Uh, you know, I mean, what the last time we talked about Microsoft on something, like they have, what, something like 30-plus games announced? State of Decay 2. Uh, Grounded just got their 1.0 release, right? So, uh, yeah, 3, sorry. Uh, the uh, Stalker 2. Like, they have so many games. Fable, Perfect Dark, Forza, uh amongst other games like they need right. to get, they need to get people's hands on these games and so they're going to be there they're going to have a huge presence and Nintendo's just going to be Nintendo they're going to come out not 9 <laughs> 9 uh a.m. Pacific time they're going to trot out Koizumi out there hello i'm Koizumi i'm going to lead you through the direct <laughs> today right like with their uh very unemotional translator and uh you know take you through their big announcements and i think and i think unless microsoft comes out with something brand new like i don't even think a gear six announcement would garner the excitement that because like i don't even think they need a gear six announcement no they they need gear six you shut your mouth (laughs) i i don't think they need a gear six i think right now Microsoft just needs to get games out on their series. No, X. my my thing or... is that my thing is people need to see more than just a cinematic trailer to these games, right? Yes. Which, you know, I want to see gameplay for Fable. Fable is probably my in terms of Xbox exclusives right now that are announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fable two and Hellblade two are or Fable, <laughs> Fable and Hellblade two are probably my most anticipated games from Microsoft right now. Uh, especially if Hellblade is going the direction they're kind of saying it's going bigger, more God of War esque game where like you know you you go to these different realms and it's it's more than a six hour experience, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of game I want Hellblade to be, and I think it's shaping up to be that way. I don't know if you follow Ninja Theory on Instagram or uh. Uh-uh. Or um, <laughs> what's her name? Um, Melina Jurgens, who plays Senua on Instagram. But like the things that they're showing off on Instagram, they're very open about the development. It looks this game's going to be epically huge. I feel like, and and I'm not it's... saying like I'm not saying like Witcher or Assassin's Creed huge, but I'm saying like God of War 
storytelling, God of War action and storytelling. It's going to be, be there. The, it's going to be emotional, but very theatrical in the yeah. sense. Like, it's going to have a big... It's going to be pretty cinematic, I think. Yeah. And see, I, and, I, and I love Ninja Theory. Trust me. I really do love Ninja Theory. I think they are a great company. I'm still wild that Microsoft brought them, but that was a good deal for both companies because uh, I think Microsoft needed them. Hellblade 2, I... I Hellblade 2 is something I'm kind of stepping away from as much as I want to see it and I want to play. I just want it to be... I, I don't want to watch a lot of stuff and then get it and be let down. So I'm trying to... Home, I think that's one of the games that I'm like... I have I have expectations for it, but my expectations are is held back until I actually get it in my hands. I love seeing the trailers. I love what they're producing out. I just want that game to be in my hands because I know Ninja Theory is so good and they deserve the recognition uh, recognition I should say uh, for their work and everything and so I I, that's kind of the thing about it I feel like E3 like they could still do inside Xbox or whatever throughout the year or before the game release but I think E3 for Xbox is going to be really big and and I'm cool with Nintendo falling back this year for E3. I'm not even worried that if they do anything big or major. Well, or they get, have to, they have to do something because we don't know anything that's coming after Zelda. <laughs> like we we just don't. You know, like they have to do mm-hmm. something. Well, whether I, I, I mean whether they... you want them to do something or not, like mm-hmm. they have they have to regardless. You know, unless they just don't go to E3, which they've already said they're not missing E3, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Zelda is, or I think Nintendo is going to. They're bringing all their heavy hitters, especially if the Switch Pro rumor is is what they're saying it is, right? Like, you want new games, big beefy games to show off your new console that's supposedly coming out next fall, right? And so, you're gonna bring Donkey Kong, you're gonna bring Metroid, you're gonna bring an upgraded version of Zelda, you're gonna bring, you know whatever else you can bring to to show off this thing right the metroid prime remasters maybe or zelda remasters or you know whatever else you can bring to show off whatever this new console is and you want to show it off with big new games right i think i think i think you're going to see that donkey kong game that's been rumored and i think you're going to see the metroid prime remaster and metroid prime 4 re-revealed See, I I feel like with Nintendo, I think we'll definitely get a Metroid Prime Four. I think we'll probably see more Pikmin Four. I think we'll definitely see more. I think we'll see something Mario related. Um, we probably will see something maybe rare. Maybe Microsoft and Nintendo got something in store. Maybe Sony and Nintendo got something in store. Um, which reminds me that MLB the show. I'm assuming that's coming out next year, uh, which hasn't been announced yet. But I could probably see that that being shown. Uh, What's being shown? E3. What'd you say? It might be the show, the oh, next one. Yeah, I mean that's that's a no-brainer. All right. Um, I I think we'll probably see some small games and stuff and everything. Like I think Nintendo for E3 this year. I, they're probably going to be like, we really need to shut up and like 
you know, just let everybody say their rumors with their thoughts or anything. And just wait for E3 to blow it out. I just feel like this E3, I, I think I'm, even though I am all for Nintendo, I think my expectation for Nintendo is just like it's already going to be met because whatever they present, I'm going to be excited for, be ready to buy. I think mm-hmm. Microsoft needs this E3. Get ready for three more. new Kirby games, by the way. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the what if that's their I'm what if that's their big game at E3 is just another Kirby game, <laughs> a bunch of I, a bunch of two D a bunch of two D square RPGs in Kirby. <laughs> that's that's the, I, I and some farming get, sims because we don't have enough. My my phone would just keep going off from, from you. How many te- how many texts can Corey give Eddie within five minutes throughout the whole trailer? <laughs> Uh, uh no, but I, I feel like I literally feel like Microsoft needs this E3 more than Nintendo. Um and the reason being is because I'm not saying Microsoft is in a bad position, but like I said, they need something that's going to support the Series X and S, their next gen, their current gen system. I think Nintendo is just gonna wow us with so much. I I feel like we're gonna be overwhelmed because even with this past uh Nintendo Direct. It's very overwhelming having 49 plus some games. And then on top of Nintendo can start dropping GameCube NSO, DS NSO, Game Boy Advance NSO. Sega could be be like, here go to Sega Saturday uh, NSO. Here go to Dreamcast. Here go to Sega CD. Like, here go our games. Oh, guess what? Let's bring back the Turbo Graphics. Let's bring this system out. Let's bring that. Like they, Nintendo could literally I go. Turbo Graphics would be an you. interesting system to bring. To and they did. And don't forget, they sold Turbo Graphics games on for the Wii U Retro Console. So yeah. Nintendo could go buck wild for E3 this year, which would blow up Microsoft and Sony and whatever else, everybody, because that's going to be the talk of the town. Uh, and everything. I just feel like for right now, my focus for E3 is going to be more on Microsoft, Nintendo. Do whatever you want to do because I I'm not. I feel like I'm not going to come away disappointed or anything. I think I'm. My thing is, Corey, get online. Corey, I'm calling you now. <laughs> if you go to the bathroom, if you at work. Like I'm going to be talking. Be like, <laughs> what was that? What was that? Why did? How many times have I told you Nintendo acted a fool for a direct or an E3 or something? If we, if we haven't like like did any kind of recording or anything or like if we're te- if we're literally texting and we both seen it, we're like, okay, they went buck wild. They went crazy on this. They're doing this, 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 and this. Release it at this point in time. How how we gonna how 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 we gonna pay for all of this <laughs> and, and, and everything? Like Nintendo could go buck, like I said. I, I know I'm using buck wild, everybody crazy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but they could, they can't do that for E3. Mm-hmm. Like, like everybody could be disappointed at their spring direct if they want to. Okay, fine. But if they clown at E3, they're not even going to be talking about that spring direct. Even I always feel like even when Nintendo has a bad direct, people are still talking about it. There's still something about it that they they're thoroughly enjoy and gonna be looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you there's... may get your shovel. You may get your shovel night too at this direct. Uh, 
I mean, maybe I do know. I do know that they're working on a 3D game, right? They kind of announced mm-hmm. that that they are running a new engine that's going to power their next game, which is 3D after Mina. So, um, <laughs> I hope it's Shovel Knight 64. <laughs> I hope that's what it is, or something like. I hope it's. I hope it's Shovel Knight, man. Like, if it's if it's not a Shovel Knight game, I'm going to be really sad. I just feel like mm-hmm. that that character has it's just been such a wasted opportunity, you know. I I I just feel like they spent so much time doing the DLC for Shovel Knight that like they didn't get to what. Not that the DLC is bad or anything. I think the DLC is awesome. I think some of it's the best. I think a lot of it is actually better than Shovel Knight, <laughs> the base <laughs> game. It's just like, man, I just I just really want more shovel knight in a 3d capacity and i don't know what that looks like i don't know i i I really don't know how that turns out but man shovel knight i want a 3d shovel knight game even if it's like even if they they do something with platonic right like i mean platonic Mm -hmm. did that had him in uh had shovel knight and ukulele right and that was so cool to see him in like 3d and like what you would imagine a 3D shovel knight would look like, but man, so cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really want that like really bad. Well, Corey, are you ready for a question block? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do some, do some question block. Uh, let me, let me open the doc here. Cause I haven't, I haven't, uh, really had it open this whole time. <laughs> so whoops. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 opening question block. All right, our oh, first question this. of question block. Sorry, I had to. I'm sorry, I had to come down for that E3 conversation because oh. I kind of want. Because I'm just like, By the way, like, how do all of our conversations just come down to like predicting Nintendo's lineup for like from X date to Y date, and then it's always wrong? Because <laughs> we get it, we get it, so we have hope sometimes. But then, hold on. But then, Corey, the stuff that you say, even though it may not happen at that certain time, it always happened in the future. And I'd be like, dang it, how does Corey write? Like, <laughs> like why did this try? I'm never, I'm not that right on the side. Sometimes you'd be like, what if they did this? And then, like, um, a year later, it happens. You'd be like, dang it. <laughs> I, I know things, Ed. I know things. I've got <sighs> connections. <laughs> oh boy all right let's get in the question block remember you can tweet at pal block podcast or email us at nintendo at gmail.com or go to our discord and leave your question in the podcast discussion thread uh ed our first question comes from our friend of show we love him i wish he was here every week grayson morales uh, he asks, "Have you? Ooh, ever- I got. What else I got to say? Congratulations, Graces, on getting your Switch OLED. Yeah, you ordered one. Yeah, isn't it the best? Aren't you so happy you just took the plunge, Grayson? Aren't you just? Yes, man. It's just like, it's like, it's just like looking at the Switch for the first time again. You know, it's just so beautiful. It's just, it's a wonderful machine. Cherish it. Those beautiful colors. I'm sure you're playing Splatoon on it." 
just, just watch the colors pop you know just watch them yes so nice let them okay go ahead (laughs) (laughs) uh have you ever gotten any games stolen by friends or kids in school i had a kid keep my pokemon emerald guide and i once had my first game boy taken from me in school and it had pokemon gold in it oh no oh no so could i Hmm. could i go Corey? yeah because i don't really have any because uh, I never really had, I let my cousin borrow a couple games once and he kept like, he kept them right. Like some dreamcast games before, but, uh, I never really took my stuff to school because I didn't want it to get stolen. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was me. And also like, I never really shared anything with my friends unless they came over and we played together because I am very stingy about my stuff. <laughs> so so uh i had devil dragon 2 for the nes and uh i actually had one of my friends come over to play the game with me and i think i went to the bathroom and i came back uh and you know he was leaving and everything so he left and i didn't think of it but then i started looking for my game and i was just like where's my devil dragon 2 so i went to his house uh a week later because of school and stuff i went to his house and i see my gay sitting on his uh on his uh like counter and everything so you know he goes somewhere so i take the gay and i go home i stole my gay back mm. for look it at, look at uh, you Ed. look at you i was just like what the heck you know Rebel. my gang and we after that we stopped being friends Mm. that's right you don't need friends nobody needs friends you know who says that someone who doesn't have any friends uh you have me i know uh i keep you around it's fine um josh martinez writes in he asks uh what nintendo crossover needs to happen and who should it be done uh and how should it be done? I'm taking, I'm talking outside sports, parties, fighting, etc. Nintendo crossovers that need to happen. Remember, so, side tangent. Remember that. Remember that Star Fox Metroid crossover that was rumored for a long time and it just never. Yeah. Happened? Yeah. Remember Star Fox Grand Prix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game. That game's being announced at E3. I'm calling it Star Fox Grand Prix. I bet it got reworked a little bit. That game's coming also. They're setting up a huge lineup. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Ed. I'm telling you, Star Fox Grand Prix coming fall 2023. Write that down, everybody. Anyways, go ahead, Ed. Uh, for me, okay, so <laughs> Corey's about to roll his eyes big time for this one. Hyrule Warriors and Elite Beat Ages crossover. <laughs> I told you. I told you. <laughs> I told you. So, I- I'm waiting for Corey to put his headphones on because he has to hear my reason. Put on your headphones. Don't take me put on your headphones so you can hear me <laughs> i have a reason you have to put on your headphones Corey, so i can tell you 
Oh, good googity foogity. Hello. So now I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Elite Agents and Luigi's Mansion, uh, or Luigi. So you know they could do some songs to cheer Luigi up or give him courage to suck up ghosts or whatever. But uh. The butt rock music that's in that game would fit so well with Elite V Agents, where you're doing the pop and moving the stuff and everything. So they're cheering on Link, and as much as you get like the beat and the timing right, he's uh sort you know slashing like or getting all these other characters hitting all of these enemies and stuff and it is linear so you don't have to go to different places or anything but you gotta be on the right beat and everything uh and i can see just the neat beat agents like in zelda gear cheering on link and the crew and everything so i'm going with hybrid warriors and elite beat agents Gross. Why is it gross for? Gross. Um. Okay, so I think, man, I think the crossover, the crossover, I think would be super cool. Would be. I think you could actually do this pretty. Fit. So it's a three-way crossover some sort of RPG with Fire Emblem, Zelda, and Xenoblade I think would be super cool. And it could be a strategy RPG. It could be a turn-based RPG. I actually think a turn-based classic JRPG would be awesome. I Um, think so, yeah. With characters from these three universes, right? And, like, uh, you could... It could be... like you can make like a sprawling JRPG, like a hundred hour JRPG easily fighting bosses from all of these series, uh, bringing in fan favorite characters from fire emblem, cool characters from Xenoblade. And you could like, you could possibly unlock like 40 or 50 characters <laughs> to be in your party at some point. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if it would be like some sort of, uh, sweep it in situation, uh, oh, I wouldn't want it yeah. that big, right? Like, I think you got to yeah. narrow it down to like maybe four people, like, like a four party. Yeah, like four. I mean, like four, probably like four. Maybe, maybe you could extend it to five, right? Like, I mean, but I mean, you you would have to narrow down the amount of characters, right? Like twelve to fifteen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, I don't know how you would do that, but I think that would be super cool to like really have some sort of crossover thing with these, with these universes. I think it would be super cool. Maybe 20 characters to choose from at the most, but I mean, like, like I'm thinking like really kind of final fantasy 10 or 10 ish kind of JRPG real, classic jrpg with just solid mechanics cool Mm. story cool bosses cool cutscenes, that kind of thing sign me up i will probably have like nope you already went 
Oh, I wasn't going to say Paper Mario or Star Fox <laughs> together. But. But. Chub Life Nick is in the chat. He has a couple questions for us. Uh, and then we'll get to our last question on our doc here. All right. Hey, Nick. From uh, Beyond W-A-S-A. It's W-A-S-D and Beyond. Beyond. Sorry. I'm thinking of their Twitter. Thing. I know. Their, tw- uh, their Twitter and- handle is Beyond WASD. And it always, like... <laughs> I that's I mean like I listen I listen to the show but I always call them Beyond Wazdy because that's their <laughs> Twitter account. Uh, uh, and us and shout out to Spodcast. Everybody do go check out the Dignity Podcast. Yes. They actually dropped the episode uh, today. Uh, I, and I didn't get to check it. Um, I I know they they talked about that they were going to record today, but mm-hmm. I I'm sorry, right? I just didn't get to check it. So shout out to you, Nick. Diggity. Uh, shout out to the. WASD and Beyond build bros, and they have an anime podcast too that I don't know the title of because I'm not into anime, but I support you anyways. Spawn Camp, love you. Yes, guys. Hey, everybody. I don't know check why I did Spawn the, the <laughs> Rocky Arnold fist pump thing. Also, check out Spawn Camp on their Discord and Spawn Camp on their Twitch account. They're trying to get to 100 subs, so if you love their okay, content, I, dude, what are we jump. an ad for Spawn Camp now? Jeez. Hey, we gotta, we gotta show love. Okay. <laughs> we gotta show love to our people. Uh, but go ahead, Corey. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. We love you guys. I wish I wish we did more together. I know we kind of record shows on the same days <laughs> and so we can't really cross over as much as we would like to but we'll get there again someday um anyways our question from nick is uh his, his first question is uh what could nintendo do better in regards of their online capabilities whenever you see someone talk about it online it seems to be a huge joke when talked about yes it's also a huge joke here because their online service is bad it's better than it used to be but it is bad you know splatoon seems to be the only game that seems to get it i don't know how fortnite also gets it uh nintendo and it's it's gonna be really hard to do on like a handheld i feel like even though i guess like apple (laughs) apple gets it and uh, every Android phone gets it and whatever. But I think just the way Nintendo operates and stuff like online has never been a huge thing for them. And it, I don't think it's ever going to be, I would like, I'm still wondering if Nintendo's games are going to be backwards compatible because of their <laughs> online stuff. So what could I, they do better? I, I think, I think they need to, I th- I think they need to figure out, and maybe even hire a team to build an online infrastructure that is somewhat even comparable to Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and just figure it out. Spend the money. It's not like they don't have the money. They could just mm-hmm. they could put a re-release out of a Mario game and make the money up to have this team run for five years, right? I mean, it's not like... But, but my thing is that when it comes to Nintendo Online, Nintendo doesn't make the doesn't make enough games to fit the online idea. What what do you mean? What do you mean? They certainly do. 
Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, all the Mario sports that, games, all the, Mario Party. Make, no. When it comes to what the idea of online people are thinking of, they're thinking of first-person shooters. Not they're not thinking of like, Corey. Xbox what, has a what, ton what, of what, games that require online that are not first-person shooters. PlayStation right, has only, games. But the only game, but the only games that people are thinking of when it comes to online multiplayer is first-person shooters. No, they're the not. Only one that, the only one that that I, only one that I could think of that everybody's talking about Microsoft is Sea of Thieves. What Forza. are they doing with what? No one's doing Forza. No one's playing Forza multiplayer online. Yes, they are. That whole game is online. Forza Motorsport. Yeah, Forza but Horizon no is play- an online no only is- game. But no one is playing Forza online though. They Microsoft have to play Microsoft. online. That's the only way to play but the game. The, but for the multiplayer stuff, no one is playing it. When it comes to when it comes to online for Xbox and PlayStation, it's always going to be first person shooters or it's going to be a Souls game. That's all they. That's all people are thinking of. And Fortnite, they're not thinking of what the stuff that Nintendo is putting out. No one is talking. No one is talking about. You know I mean, why nobody's yeah. talking about Nintendo games online because their online doesn't work. But that's what, why. What's the, but because it doesn't have <laughs> chat functionality. Because you know that's the only other problem they will have to fix. You add chat, Nintendo online is fixed. I, d- I highly disagree. It's funny. Nick in the chat says I've caused chaos on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 I'm but no, the only I reason why had, nobody's talking but, about Nintendo games in the same way that people talk about call like games like Fortnite and Call of Duty and stuff is because Nintendo's online does not work. How many times want, how many times have you heard people even, say I would play Smash Brothers online if it worked? If if their online worked, if Mario Kart's online worked better, I would play more of it online. I can't tell you the last time I played one of these games online because they just don't work. Actually, I can tell you like a year, like a year ago when, when me, Stephanie and Austin played Mario party online and it kicked us out of two separate games live on stream. It kicked us out of games. Why do you ask? Because Nintendo's online infrastructure is not strong enough to be capable of having proper online play and they you still have to use friend codes for god's sakes to have friends that's not like i understand that like technically microsoft under the hood use everybody is assigned like a player number right yeah and but their gamer tag sits on top of this and you can search by gamer tag you cannot you still can't search for friends by their username right correct it's just they don't they just don't have what people expect from online from online functionality from stuff like PlayStation or Xbox or Steam or Epic Game Store, right? Like you can't just look at your profile and say, "Oh, well, I have this these types of stats. Here's my profile picture." And like in the stuff that they do have, it's extremely limited, you know. And, and I think that's why I I feel like with Nintendo and with just online in general, I feel like online is literally limited with certain with gamers. Because when you hear online, you think of certain games that the functionality will work with. Definitely when you think of Microsoft, you still think of first person shooters, like I said. The, the, everything else that you mentioned that like like even yes, you can't play Forza Horizon without it being online. But that means that you can't even play the single player 
playing it online. Even with the game being the stars, you can't play it. So I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about the multiplayer stuff that people are actually going to be playing. If Nintendo had Call of Duty, Battlefield, and all of this other stuff in online wasn't working, then that's when we'll be like, okay, they need this, this, this to get fixed. But when it comes to online with Nintendo, who is I'm like who is complaining for really complaining for it Everybody. to be improved? A lot because of people are complaining that Nintendo's online needs to be improved. Because what what is it for? Because of Splatoon, Splatoon. No, I think Mario Kart. I think everybody just wants Nintendo to catch up. It doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with like playing online specifically. It's just like but that's a, but that's the thing about it. The online portion is the use of playing it. That's I mean no, not necessarily. There's there's stuff there there are things that require online stuff that don't mm-hmm. have anything to do with playing games. I think I think the basic like your basic nintendo like id setup could use a lot of work right i want to have more than eight characters as my username and i want to be able to add a friend by typing their username in Mm -hmm. to find them i want to be able to do like here are my favorite games here are statistics of my favorite games other than oh you started splatoon 3 eight days ago I don't care. I want to see like, what's my, what's my KD ratio in Splatoon? How many, how, how much turf has I inked in, in Splatoon, right? Like how, how many matches have I played? How many matches have I won? How many friends do I have playing Splatoon right now? Which I know they've added like a trending thing and they've added your friends have recently played this, but like I just want those sorts of things, right? Like I can go on, on uh, when I turn on my Xbox, I can go over to my friends list and it tells me, it gives me a list of like statistics. It get, well, it gives Basically. me a list of statistics, but like I go over to my friends list and it tells me what they're playing. I can, mm-hmm. ch- I can join a party chat. I can join the game they're playing. I can see like what they're doing in the game, where they're at. And like, Nintendo doesn't need to get that deep, right? But like like mm-hmm. when I play when I'm playing Destiny, I can go and see my friend my friend Mitch is playing Destiny. Oh, he's doing a patrol in the EDZ. I don't need to know that much, but like it would be nice to know like, oh, my friend's playing an online match in Splatoon. See, oh, then, maybe then, that, maybe I'll go play Splatoon or like my friends are pl- my friends are playing Xenoblade. Oh, I wonder I wonder where they're at. What what area of the game are they in? You know, what chapter are they on? That's cool. I can see that. Like it's little things like that that PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, Epic, and all these 800 other launchers have, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's just a nice quality of life feature, you know? So. Thanks, thanks, Nick. You've caused a lot of drama <laughs> on this show. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> um but even even like with the online with even playing games online like i think it would just be really nice if you know we could chat with our friends by plugging in a headset and just talk to them you know and and, which which i said which i which i I did say that if they had the talking functionality to chat yes that would be the only to me personally that would be the only approval because the problem uh, is the problem is is that functionality is actually already in the system because you can do it with games like Fortnite and mm-hmm. Fall Guys and 
uh what's the other really popular game that people play among us and stuff like that yeah it is a nintendo game limitation right that you can't do that and i think that that is a that is an issue in and of itself is that like other games are allowing you to do this why can't nintendo allow you to do this and it really bugs me Well, because of because the thing, because I feel like even if Nintendo put all that effort, time, and and everything into the online and made people happy, people still would not use it because people barely still use the online well, functionalities. Also, other well, also a lot of Nintendo's de- design philosophy is revolved around couch co-op still on their you know mm-hmm. or co- couch competitive, you know with, but I think like. You could easily have both. You know, I think Mario Kart is a great example of having both. And I think that they have tried to do both with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And it's technically feasible, but it's also incredibly difficult to stay connected. You know, and I have I have fiber internet. It's not like I have some garbage internet. Like, we pay for fiber. We pay for a lot of... Uh, upload and download speed right like it, it's mm-hmm. you know and i have the switch dock that has the ethernet cable running to it like it's not like i don't have it set up to where like it it just it just and- doesn't it just doesn't work it doesn't stay connected and it is really just a poor experience for those who want to play online you know and it's not I- that go ahead no i just feel like that I think that's why I say even if Nintendo gave air, not 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 for customers not for the players, but from a third party perspective, if Nintendo put everything all for the online stuff. Everything was working. They would still not get the games that's going to really utilize it. They're not going to get Call of Duty. They're not going to get Battlefield. But I don't think really I don't think you need Call of Duty and you don't need Call of Duty and Battlefield too. But have... that's the thing. What when it comes to online, that's the games that everybody's really using it for. I'm talking about. Outside this. I'm talking about Fortnite. I'm talking about Minecraft. I'm talking about Fall Guys. I'm talking about adventuring the... in a in some sort of you know RPG adventure with your friends. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about these major first person shooters because we know Switch is not going to get those. Right? Switch is never going to mm-hmm. have Battlefield, Destiny, Call of Duty, Halo, and that's those types what everybody wants. And that's what uh, some adults or some ground players who are Nintendo Switch owners, when they talk about online, those are the games that they they want. But they don't want those on Switch. You're either playing first person shooter on PC or one of the next gen consoles, right? Like that's that's Mm -hmm. just where you're playing those games. And like, yeah, it'd be cool if Nintendo could get like a first person shooter. But like, we were talking about Metroid Prime Four, for example, earlier. That game could be a monster hit online if it had a, the right multiplayer suite, right? If mm. you're like, hey, it could like you could set it up in, in a way of like a time splitters or perfect dark or golden eye type way where like you start out everybody starts out with like the arm cannon or maybe you build your own bounty hunter or something, right? This is something I've been talking about since since Mark Carabin was on the warp whistle, right? Like Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I submitted this way back then and him, you know, him when him and his brother were doing warp whistle, right? It's like mm-hmm. you could have a Halo 2 style 
multiplayer mode where you know it's an arena shooter you everybody starts out with the same weapons and you go for power weapons or power-ups for your arm cannon or you build your own bounty hunter and you can customize your own bounty hunter whatever right like you could do all that stuff you could keep your metroid prime campaign separate right like obviously you know you go through like a proper metroid prime game and do all those things but like Nintendo could have their own major first-person shooter pl- on their own platform if they just figured out this online stuff. And maybe it'll work by then. Maybe they figured it out. I don't think they figured it out. I think the only Nintendo first-party game that has it figured out is Splatoon. I don't know how it works differently than the other other things. I know they switched mm-hmm. they switched to some sort of proprietary the... server thing. Yeah. Uh, for this one. Whereas everything else is, I I don't know I I can't tell you right now what it is, but like, and I think well I think def, definitely if I think if more people play the, their online games and talk more about it and get out of the first person shooter idea of online, I think there would probably be a different discussion to have because I'm just mm-hmm. like if you're focusing on on Nintendo's online like if they're if they're focusing on Nintendo online so it can supply. Uh, first person shooters and big first person shooters say that but then make sure if you're going to focus on that play Splatoon play uh, play Mario Kart well Mario clearly Party, people are playing Splatoon Riders. we already talked about how it's probably well, sold well, yeah. 7 or 8 million but, units but, in like 2 weeks who think, people who think that need to like really play that stuff yeah uh, so yeah, I think I think that's enough for the online conversation for now. I I do wish they'd fix it. I think, you know, they could do things differently. But obviously, Nintendo doesn't operate that way, and obviously, it doesn't matter to a lot of people because it's uh, it's. I mean, the Switch has sold 120 something million units, and games just, <laughs> you know, exist. Yeah. So, Thanks, thanks, Nick, for that question. We're gonna we're gonna answer your second question too, actually, because it's interesting, and I think Ed may have an interesting answer to this. He asks, uh, "Would you guys also like to see Nintendo go into any mature games for Switch?" Uh, I'm not privy to any that may exist. Uh, well, I mean, they technically they own Astral Chain, right? Which is theirs. Uh, they're publishing Bayonetta, although that's technically Sega's. Um, they do own Eternal Darkness, though we haven't seen that in a long time. I I don't know. I think it would be really interesting because I think when you look at a company like Disney has had some success moving into quote-unquote mature whatever, right? I remember like when they put out their first PG-13 movie under the disney banner i think it was pirates of the caribbean actually and i was like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i man that's 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 crazy you know uh that disney would put out a pg-13 and now like (laughs) i mean look marvel and star wars and pirates and tron like all these games or all these movies are pg-13 right and so I mean I think they have franchises that would work in a mature style setting. Like I th- I think a dark Zelda story, an M rated Zelda story, would work. I mean we go back to that crossover question. I've always thought I always thought that like having a 
Dark Souls-like game set in Hyrule where you're playing as Ganon trying to resurrect himself would be a really cool, dark, mature story in the Zelda universe, right? And it wouldn't have to really involve Zelda or Link or anything. It's just how does Ganon come to power, you know? And you could start out as Thief Ganon and make your way up and, you know, find the Triforce of Power and become become Ganon. So there's a I think there's a lot of different games that could fit into that. I think that's one that would be a surefire hit to a lot of people. Um I think I mean I think Metroid still fits into that camp too. I think you would have to get real like real alien with it right like almost almost alien isolation uh type metroid game where you're like really isolated and maybe instead of a xenomorph maybe you know uh uh ridley is chasing you around um maybe dead spacey or whatever like i think that'd be super cool yeah nick just said dead space in the chat um I think those are the two franchises that would benefit the most actually from a M rated storytelling. Uh, if you did it right. Um, what are your thoughts, Ed? Um, M rated um, Mario game. M is I, for Mario. <laughs> so to, to be honest with you, I don't think Nintendo could benefit from any M rated games from them. Oh, uh, because you, of you, this this is the thing about it. I feel like Nintendo will be like the M rating would take away from our creative vision, from our, our you know. And it's not you could see. All, I think it would always, actually open up their creativeness in certain cases. I don't think I really don't think so because I think is people will focus so more on the violence or or all of all of the stuff that. Um, and we gotta and they we gotta think about the culture and around the world and all of that stuff, you know, and everything. But I think what Nintendo tries to go for in their games with their themes and everything, they feel like their the violence is gonna be something that people are gonna be focused on that's gonna overtake the story. Cause look, as great as God of War is on PlayStation 4, and everybody was so deep into the narrative. There have been other games that have had deep, mature narratives, and no one really talks about them. But when we, and I feel like that is going to be the thing with some of their Nintendo games, like Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Yes, it is team rated, but go into that game with the story and get that narrative that's very mature on it. Don't go in to be like, oh, this is just another anime story. No, this game is deep. And if you want a uh, very mature and movie and uh, uh, kind of adult story, that is a game for people to get in. Monolith is able to deliver that story and everything. Well, I mean, remember that Remember that one story like a long time ago on the original version of Expansion Pass? Like we talked about Monolith uh, maybe entering a M-rated space, right? Mm-hmm. which is their IP after Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is what we're predicting, right? That that game with uh, the red-haired protagonist lo- overlooking the, uh, what is it? The Just the landscape or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, Monolith seems to be headed that way. Um, 
you know, I I don't really know what other franchise would be cool in a mature rated setting. I don't know if Nintendo would do it themselves either. I think they would have to partner with someone like probably Tecmo Koe or I think Retro could yeah, probably, I think I th- Retro could probably pull off a mature rate a mature Metroid story if Nintendo would let them, right? Like I think I, yeah and I think Nintendo would pay for a mature game. Sega. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about Bayonetta or anything. No, no, no. But no, I no. think it. But I think Nintendo would pay for mature stuff if someone presented to them and be like, "Not only this is the gameplay, this is our story." Because Nintendo go, now it's just like we're keeping our hands off. You guys mm-hmm. create any story that you want to create. It's M-rated. We'll let it be. In fact, they were just like, <laughs> they would give you advice for your M-rated game. To even make it a little bit more enraged and stuff, and 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 be like, you guys have the free will. But I think for for Nintendo themselves, it's just that their games, their their IP has a has the ability to tell a story without having to go to that mature level in order to get it through and make it memorable. Because outside, if if Nintendo to answer the question, if Nintendo really wanted to go enraged. Kid Icarus is the thing to go for. Mm. If you're gonna pick any, if you're gonna pick any title, you're gonna to go to Kid Icarus. When a, a Greek start, not not saying they Pit, need to Pit's be just, like God of Pit's, War. Pit's just turning into God of War now. <laughs> but but the thing about it is, it's just. But the thing about it is, is that that's the one that because because if Kirby goes into it, everybody's gonna make a lot of sexual jokes. Rick Rick Kirby and stuff. Well, yeah. Well, you're not. Gonna... <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm looking. I ha- I'm looking up Nintendo. Too far I'm looking up Nintendo huh? IP to see if anything else would fit. Uh, you know they. I think Metal Gear Solid Twin Stakes was inrated. Yeah, but that's think. not Nintendo though. Right, but Nintendo paid for it. Is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the only game that they that Nintendo actually has that's in rated uh, out, no, not really Eternal Darkness, would have been was Conqueror's Fur Day, because they own Rare at the time. Yeah, and that was the only in rated game that came out of Nintendo. I think. I mean, I think Seven Punishment could be a really interesting uh, M rated game if you did it correctly. Now, I will say. If Nintendo wants to get it in rated, release the Fire Emblem Awakening with the Red Light District in it. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh like, no! Like the stuff that the stuff that got cut out for those games that was in Japan that's acceptable, put them in America. You know, it'd be really cool. Was, uh, well, okay, so. Well, Nintendo didn't do the conduit, so never mind. I was gonna say, what if they brought the conduit back and made it like darker? But you know, what would be cool actually is if they rebooted Codename Steam and made it like a Gears game. Oh shoot! Heck yeah, that'd be awesome. I would play it. I mean, people might say that this is what uh, we're getting into wishful uh, territory now. <laughs> what was the Sony game? Uh, with the werewolves that you fight. Oh, the order. The order. Yeah. God, what Some a cool people game. might get into that too. I love the order. I know it didn't do well, but that game is awesome. Uh Nintendo owns Geist. Not that that game was great, but they do own that. I'm, I'm just that is true. And as, as much as I bring up Geist and I get the eye roll. Yeah. I'm looking through. 
I'm just trying to see if there's anything that Nintendo owns that would be interesting as an M-rated. Uh, Pandora's Tower. They could bring Pandora's Tower back as like a Souls-like game. Pandora's Tower would be a really cool Souls-like. That would be interesting. Man, where where are the HD re-releases of Pandora's Tower and Last Story? Can we get those, please? Last story was so good, and it's stuck on the Wii. Sorry, I almost, I almost used my cussing words there. Hey, Kirby Deluxe is the that Kirby uh, game no, that, that came gross. from the Wii. No, I'm talking no. about it's. No. I'm saying that that came from the Wii. So there's a possibility that those other two games that are Wii games could yeah, come from. Yeah, but Nintendo from. owns Kirby, and Nintendo re-releases games. Mistwalker owns uh, Last Story and Lost Odyssey. What? Microsoft bring Blue Dragon. In Lost Odyssey to the Switch. I mean, they put Blue Dragon on 3DS, so why not? I know. Gosh, Lost Odyssey is such a what a game! I need to get back. I need to get back into that game. I have it on my. I have my Xbox, but uh, (gasps) I think I got the fiscal. Nintendo owns the last story. Sorry, I got real excited, and I know it's never going to happen, but I've got really excited. You never know. Um, do, do, do. I know this is very uh, riveting. Oh, my goodness. That devil's dirt. That was by. No, uh... that can stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> that can stay on the Wii. Although I had that game. I had that game, and I sold it because it was bad. And now a sealed copy of that is worth like $800. And I'm very oh, upset wow. that I got rid of that game. That is a sin among sin. Oh. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's some cool games they could do. It would be very rare. But they do own stuff that would be really interesting in a mature style setting. Uh, all right. And we're going to get to our last question here on the dock. Uh, because okay. I don't want to leave anybody out since we didn't really have a lot of news, although we have been going for two and a half hours. This is awesome. <laughs> um, well, you did say the show was going to be unhinged, so. I did. Uh, friend of show, Jack Brow, contributor to the Boss Rush Network, uh, writes in and asks, what in- er, nope, that's wrong question. Enough debate on which major chain pizza has good pizza? What is your favorite frozen pizza from the grocery store? Okay. Aldi, Mama Cozy's four cheese blend pizza. You buy, you buy a pack of pepperoni and you buy, you know, for me, I would put jalapenos on it, but I know my wife doesn't like it, but you buy that stuff separate. And then right before you put it in the oven, you layer that pepperoni on, you layer those jalapenos on, you put it in the oven. As soon as it comes out, you put some Parmesan cheese on top. You put some red pepper flakes on there. That is the best frozen pizza. Their basic pepperoni is also pretty good. And their Supreme pizza is very good. But the four cheese blend Mama Cozy's from Aldi. It is $7.99. No, it's it's $6.99 for a 14-inch pizza. And then a bag of pepperoni is like $1.50. Ugh. Man, I have to tell you, I am now craving Mama Cozy's pizza. So, okay. 
Are you struggling there with your headset there, Ed? No, no. Oh, okay. I'm good. So, for me, the best frozen pizza. Now, if you want some communion style thin crust, mm. cheap, somewhat garbage pizza, because you don't really feel like cooking, Jack's is the way to go. Mm. But if you want some good old, good old pizza, not home run in. I know I'm I'm bougie, so I apologize in advance. But the Supreme DiGiorno's is on point. See now, every time I've gotten DiGiorno, it's been terrible. Yeah. It doesn't cook right. It's either it's doughy on the inside and hard mm-hmm. burnt on the outside. It's it's just it's not great. Now, I'm, I will say this though. If you're trying to be bougie and super fancy, that Uno's frozen pizza is no joke because you would get full on the first slice. That mug is thick, it's filled, and it's on the point good. Ever since I taste, ever since I tried it, when I could, when I feel like getting it, I'll go and get it. Uh, it's a little bit pricey, like sometimes it's like fifteen some dollars, but it's good fifteen dollars well spent. You preheat that good old oven, <laughs> you get it all prepared, you throw it in, let it cook, do what you need to do, and you take it out, you let it cool off, you cut it into the slices, and you taste that good old buttery. Uh, breading. You just uh, snack into it. <laughs> By the time you get done with one slice, you'll be ready for a nap. You got six <laughs> other slices somewhere to go, <laughs> or five other, seven other slices. No, I'm just that 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 Uno pizza, top tier. No, I'm but just, like, I'm really hungry now. Like that's all I want now is just food. But for a budget, but for a budget, yeah. DiGiorno's for me. And I, I will say this. I do do red bears too. I like red bears um when they're on sale and everything. Um I and I normally do the red bears when they got like the sausage or the sausage and pepper. It's fair. It's fair. I like uh I'm not a big uh whoop. Whoop. There he is. Okay, we heard a little little Skype beat there. It's fine. He's back. Oh, can you hear me, Corey? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not a big extra topping guy. I do enjoy pepperoni. And also, I think if on- if onions and green peppers were cooked correctly and not mm-hmm. just, like, <laughs> chopped up and thrown in a container before they get thrown in the oven, like, if you actually, Ooh. like... <laughs> No, like if you actually like put them in a pan and cook them correctly and uh, layer them on the pizza, yeah. right? I think that yeah. would actually make be really, really good. But you know, nobody ever does that. I'm not gonna take the time to do that. So, and, and I will say this: like, like when I do the journals, it's only the supreme. I don't do like the pepperoni. Jacks, Jacks, I'll do like the pepperoni or maybe the sausage. Or anything. Red Bear, like I said, I do the sausage and pepperoni. I I, I do pepperoni when it's with sausage. Or if that is the only thing uh to get, I'll literally go do I'll uh, literally go do sauce, uh pepperoni and stuff. Cool. 
So, well, Ed, that's all I got for questions. All right, and I think that's all we got for the episode. Yes, everybody, that is going to be it for Nintendo Power Block. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at that retrical. Also, check me out on Discord and check out more of Nintendo Power Block on our YouTube page at Bossfish Network. Check us uh, more of our content at content out at bossfish.net. And if you want to get these shows in uh, in advance and early, or want to uh, support us more, you could be become a Patreon supporter or a Patreon producer, you can go to bossfish.net and check out our Patreon and uh, click on the link and find out how to support us there. Corey, where can we find you? You can find me at IamCoreyNHD on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me doing stuff on Bossfish Network including the Bossfish Podcast, Expansion Pass, Standard Def, and other things if you like destiny i also host a destiny podcast called tower casuals you can check that out uh yeah find me have a great week have a great weekend and we'll see you next time on into the pop block bye everybody Woo-hoo! goodbye